Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rain delay. Nothing personal. Word of the day for Tuesday, October 18th, 2022 is rain delay. I woke up laughing and smiling. So happy I'm not involved with the Major League Baseball team today. So happy I'm not involved with the team playing in game five of the League Division Series today. Nah. No, I really am. Can I tell you what went on? Because everyone's upset. Everyone is embarrassed thinking that MLB acted terribly, that the fans at Yankee Stadium got totally screwed sitting there. If you woke up today and don't know what happened, it rained in New York, and it didn't start raining until 7.30. The general rule on a 7 o'clock game is you do not start a game in the rain during the regular season. But if it's going to rain during the course of a game in the regular season, most times you're going to start on time. And if there's a rain delay, there's a rain delay. You burn the pitchers, that's the end of it. But in the postseason, everything's different. So I want to set up what happened to try to help you with the confusion and the anger and the embarrassment. During the postseason, Major League Baseball is in charge of all rain delays. Hard stop. It's not the home team the way it is during the regular season. It's not the umpires the way it is on the last game of a series during the regular season. It is Major League Baseball. They say that they work in conjunction with the home team and the road team, in this case, the Guardians and the Yankees, but that's not accurate. They'll do calls, and I was on these calls, but it's Major League Baseball who decides. They will take suggestions, they will hear your arguments, but they will decide and they speak to the broadcaster about the rain delay, about the rescheduling before any announcements made. So yesterday, once the Yankees won game four two days ago, they know they're going to game five. They look at the weather. They see that there is a band coming through or a front that's moving through New York around 7.30. During the postseason, they require a four-hour window to play a game. They do not want to start and stop. The broadcasters do not like that. They'd rather go to rain delay programming and then get the game in in full at a certain point. So it's a four-hour window for a game. Forget pitch clocks, forget time of game, forget pace of play. That's the window. There was a four-hour window in New York that was going to be from about 8.30 until 12.30. That is a reasonable window 
for an East Coast game. The reason why Major League Baseball wanted the game to be played yesterday and the reason why the schedule originally called for a game five yesterday is the off day before a league championship series is an important off day. The team who starts on the road, in this case, it would have been either the Yankees or the Guardians, and in this case, they're going to Houston, would have arrived in Houston and woken up in their team hotel the morning of the off day. There's a workout for both teams and a media availability for both teams on the off day prior to the start of the series. You have the starting pitchers available for the media. You've got the managers available for the media. And then you've got the players who do a workout and you try to work out. Here's a little nugget. The home team gets the first choice of the time of workout on an off day. And then the road team can choose to go prior or after. You always want to work out at the time of game of the next day's game. So if it's a seven o'clock game, you want to do a later workout. If it's a four o'clock game, you want to work out at four o'clock. Then the road team can choose what they want to choose. So you've got two teams working out, the managers meet the media, you get hyped up, and then the morning of the LCS game becomes a regular game day morning for the road team and the home team. Regular BP schedule with the home team taking BP first, then the road team. Do you know why the home team takes BP first? Because the home team then gets to the ballpark sooner, but the home team has a nicer clubhouse. They've got couches, they've got big TVs, they've got a bigger food room, and they're going to be there longer. So that has always been the rule that home teams take BP first. Road teams take BP closest to the game time so they can get to the ballpark later and stay in their hotel longer, which in theory is more comfortable than the visiting clubhouse and in practice too. So yesterday, Major League Baseball says we're gonna have a window. However, we gotta open the gates on time, which is 4.30 or five o'clock for a seven o'clock game. Two and a half hours before is not abnormal. Sometimes you open your gate three hours before, but let's say the gates open at 4.30 last night. So people are filing in, there's no rain, and there's still a thought that you're gonna play on time. You're not willing to announce a delay until the last possible minute. The broadcaster TBS is fine. They're going to go to their pregame at 6.30 for first pitch at 7.07. And they're going to keep that time slot for the pregame, even if there's a rain delay. The way you do it is you have a meeting around an hour before first pitch to make a final decision on whether the game will start on time. And the reason why you have the meeting an hour before is that pitchers generally take starting pitchers around 40 to 42 minutes to get to get ready to pitch. And so you need to give both starters that amount of time. The grounds crew needs about 30 minutes of non-tarp time to get the field ready for a game. Non-tarp time means when the tarp is off and then they prepare the field with the special dirt and then they do the white lines and then they, they even water it sometimes, believe it or not, even after a rainstorm because in theory the infield's dry because they've gotten the tarp out in time. So that's the general timing. The way the meeting goes is MLB has a local weather person in every city. The local weather person generally works for one of the TV stations or the, sometimes they go with the, um, oh God, Coca. What's it called? The, uh, the main weather service, the national weather service. Thank you. You nailed that one, Coca. 
So also that Major League Baseball has someone in the National Weather Service. So they're speaking to local weather people, national weather people, and they're getting forecast tracks for any weather in the area. And they get a go or no go, and then they meet with the teams and the people who are in those meetings, generally president, GM, manager. That is who's sitting in the meeting, and you've got someone from baseball. Normally it's not necessarily maybe Morgan Sword, Sometimes Chris Marinek, sometimes Mike Hill, depending on who's at the game. Yesterday, I think it would have been Morgan Sword because it's a New York game, so they have people who live and work in the New York office. So you sit in the meeting. Guess what? Baseball knows when the meeting starts exactly what they're going to do. The home team and the road team have zero say. However, that is your time like a trial to appeal to Major League Baseball with what you want. Now, let's think about what the teams would want. The advantage yesterday was pretty clear. The Guardians and their rested bullpen in a bullpen game had an advantage over the Yankees and a worse bullpen, not rested bullpen, and a bullpen game for them. So clearly the Yankees had very, very high interest in having this game postponed. The Guardians wanted the game to be played. Major League Baseball wants the Yankees to move on to the next round. What do you think the result is going to be? The result is going to be a postponement. However, a couple of things working against the Yankees. Number one, postponing the game until today would mean no off day in between the division series and the league championship series because you're not moving the schedule for the league championship series, which starts Wednesday in Houston no matter what. There will be an opponent by Wednesday. And that team has to get to Texas. If you play the game today, let's say you play a one o'clock game today, assuming TBS would allow one o'clock game today, Tuesday, that game ends at four. Call it 430, three and a half hour games. The general rule of thumb is 45 to 60 minutes after the last pitch, the final out, the team buses will leave to the airport. Charters in New York leave out of LaGuardia. So it's about 25 minutes to LaGuardia. Let's say the team bus leaves at approximately 5.30 if it's a one o'clock game. Let's say your wheel's up, best case scenario, at 7 p.m. Eastern. That is 6 p.m. Central. You're not getting to Texas until 9 p.m. You're in your hotel at 9.40 p.m. and you've got a game the next day. There's been no media availability, no workout, and it's a major rush, however, Teams do this all the time during the regular season. Now push that back three hours if you start at four o'clock today. Push it back three more hours if you do a night game. Now Major League Baseball would never do a night game tonight because there's an exclusive window for the National League Championship Series on Tuesday night. So therefore the American League Division Series on Turner cannot compete with Fox's window for the National League Championship Series, which is opening at 8.07 tonight, no matter what. Therefore the game has to be done by then. The Yankees are pushing for four o'clock because they're not happy with the one o'clock shadows. Many of their veteran players, including Giancarlo, don't like afternoon games. So you'd like the latest game possible and the latest window is four o'clock today. But if you play at four o'clock today, the game ends at 7.30, you take off at 9.30, which is 8.30, you land at 11.30, you're not in your hotel till 1 a.m. Oh my God, is that an issue? Not a big deal to the players. 
The players go to bed late. Anyway, they wake up late. They're going to be fine. The Guardians are saying, no, play today. Even if we have to start at 10 p.m., let's play on Monday because they don't want to lose the advantage they have over the Yankees. The Guardians tell baseball during the meeting that we're not going to start Bieber on short rest. The Yankees get to start Cortez on short rest if the game is played today instead of yesterday, Tuesday instead of Monday. I don't want you to be confused on days. So the Yankees already have announced the advantage they would have with the postponement. They've made it clear during the six o'clock meeting. They've made it clear because Hal Steinbrenner's calling Rob Manford to discuss. They've made it clear because Randy Levine is getting himself involved because Brian Cashman's getting himself involved because they want to find a way, no matter what, not caring about how screwed up their rotation will be in the LCS. You've got to get to the LCS and their best chance is to get an extra day of rest for their bullpen and make it not a bullpen start. But baseball cannot announce a postponement because it is so anti-Guardians that they've got to find a way to make us believe they wanted to get the game in. So that's going to cause a long delay, which is exactly what happened last night, except they didn't talk to their fans. Nothing was announced inside the stadium. There were no updates given. People were sitting there for hours on end. All baseball had to do was postpone it immediately, but they were never going to do that because the Guardians would have been upset and fans would have questioned the integrity of the decision, especially if the rain had stopped. Brian Cashman meets the media once the postponement happens and announces, hey, we wanted to play today. We were definitely hoping there was an extra rain cell that there was an extra rain cell that came up. We didn't expect it. I've had phantom rain cells in Florida. They do happen. There's no doubt. There was nothing phantom about what was going on in the Northeast yesterday. There was a line of storms that was passing through. It stalled a little bit over Yankee Stadium, and that was the reason for the rain, and that's why they couldn't find a four-hour window. They were never going to find a four-hour window until 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Not out of the question. We've had the Braves start games much later than that when they wanted to make sure they got a game in and got a gate in during the regular season. So Brian Cashman tells you, hey, we were not rooting for the postponement. That is complete horse hockey. He can't come out and say, hey, we needed this postponement. We wanted this postponement. And MLB was right there with us the whole time. So before you get angry, just know it all worked according to plan for Major League Baseball because none of us are questioning the integrity of the decision because they waited so long. They tried to get it in, air quotes under that. They just didn't communicate with the fans. So today, we are going to have a game five at four o'clock and then a game one of the LCS at eight o'clock. Hmm. What happens to the winning team? They're going to get to Houston and they're going to have some pitching problems. For all of you Yankee fans out there who think that the Yankees got this great advantage, which they did, and are going to get past the Guardians, which they may, and play the Astros, which they would, how do you feel about having no starters for game one and five? No problem, right? They could pitch Severino on short rest in game one, maybe. 
but I think not. They'll go with Herman or Jamison Talion, Talion, sorry, in game one. He was going to be the game five starter, but hey, if you can move into game one, you'd rather pitch your fourth starter in a game one than a game five, but deciding game five. So you start Tyone in game one. Then you've got Severino for two. You've got Garrett Cole for game three. But remember in the LCS, there's no off days after game three. You're going to bring Nestor Cortez back, no problem. You got no one for game five. You got Severino for six. Yankee fans, Garrett Cole on short rest for game seven. None of it matters. You've got to get to the next round, no matter how upside down your pitching is. Meanwhile, the Astros get the advantage by sweeping, which is something that we discussed four days ago. The Yankees wanted to sweep the Guardians or win in four because otherwise they'd face an Astros team who's going to be favored anyway. And an Astros team whose rotation will be completely set up while your rotation is backwards. Our World Series rotation was backwards. We started Brad Penny in game one because we went seven games against the Cubs. You know what? I would do it every day, twice on Sunday. It doesn't matter forwards or backwards unless you're the team that's forwards and you then have the advantage. Both the Yankees and the Marlins in 03, by the way, were backwards. They started David Wells in game one because they went seven games against the Red Sox. So you just don't know. So today, obviously, is the first day ever. It's so crazy to have two rounds of playoffs in the same day. The NBA's done that, where there's been a game seven of the first round, and then there's a game one of the second round. Far more common. In baseball, I've never seen it. This is a confluence of events caused by the lockout leading to fewer off days, a more compressed schedule in the playoffs, and crappy weather in the division series. New York, Cleveland, it's the second postponement in a five-game series, no less. So who's got the advantage tonight? The Guardians are saying they may not start just Justin. God dang it. 469-82. The Guardians are saying they may not start Shane Bieber on short rest in game five. Hear me now, Terry Francona, if you do not start Shane Bieber, Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, if you do not start Shane Bieber on short rest, you do not deserve to keep your jobs. I don't care if his shoulder's barking. I don't care if you're trying to protect him for years forward. You have an opportunity to win a deciding game five and go to the LCS. You go with your best even on short rest. Give him a short leash. Let him see if he's in trouble, pull him. You've got your bullpen ready to go and rested. But to not start him and not take advantage of the rainout and the postponement the way the Yankees are, it is, I want to say it's criminal, but that's not, I don't want to use the word criminal. It's basically, this is what happens when I get brain cloud early on a morning. What's the word? Not foolish. That's, that is a word, but that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Coco's like, does it sound like foolish? It sounds like foolish, but it's not foolish. It's it's like when you when you do your job so bad. Yes, that's it. It is malpractice. It is professional malpractice. Is exactly the word I was looking for. Coca, you are on it. Sorry to all the fans who had to spend all that money in concessions and then come back today. <laughs> so you know what else is tonight? Did you know the NBA season starts again? Has that been under the radar for you? Two games tonight, doubleheader. When you 
win the NBA Finals, you get to open the next season. Much like when you win the World Series, they try to give you the first game of the next season unless there's a new stadium opening. Two games today. And I just want to talk about the NBA in general. And I want to talk about a name that if you haven't heard, you're going to be hearing the entire year. Not LeBron James. Not Russell Westbrook. Not Luka Doncic. Ready? His name is Victor Wembanyama. Got it? Victor Wembanyama. They are calling him somehow the next LeBron James. He's a seven foot three power forward who can shoot the three, dribble, play defense, run the floor, has the wingspan of Manute Bowl, the hops of LeBron James, and the personality of the nicest player in the league. Like he was central casting for NBA superstardom. There is a history of big men going 1-1 in the NBA. Some of them work out, some of them don't. Like Greg Oden, injuries happen. Sam Bowie, top of the draft, didn't work out. Patrick Ewing, top of the draft, did work out. This guy is worth tanking for. The NBA addressed its tanking by not giving the number one pick to the team with the worst record. They've got that ping pong, ping pong ball lottery system where you get the most ping pong balls with the worst record and then fewer ping pong balls. But that means that if you're in the lottery, you have a chance to get the number one pick because your one ball could be chosen by the randomizer. No more David Stern reaching into the vat and picking the sticky envelope. That's the original sticky envelope controversy. Go back and look at the lottery where Patrick Green went to the Knicks. I remember Dave DeBusher sitting there and slamming his fist on the table. Yes, he found the right envelope. That's what he was cheering. Not the fact that they got Ewing. They knew they were getting Ewing. He was cheering the fact that, hey, Stern didn't screw it up. With balls that are juggled, apparently there's no way to fix the lottery. So you've got teams like the Spurs, the Thunder, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Pacers. They are all playing this year for the most balls because if they can get Victor, that is a franchise-changing number one pick. San Antonio Spurs. Can you name their coach? Their coach's name is Greg Popovich. Do you know their coach has been there since 1996? Can you find me another example? Jason Stark of basketball, are you out there? Is there another example of a coach who has coached his team for the entire life of a player who's now on the team? Greg Popovich has to have players on the team who were born after 1996. He probably has players on the team who can't even drink yet because the Spurs are tanking so badly. He's been their coach. Talk about continuity. 26 years. It's almost incredible. But what are the stories of the NBA season? You've got the tanking for Victor, number one. Number two story, is this the year LeBron James is not LeBron James? We've said it every year. Last year was one of his best years. Is Father Time going to get him? Are the Lakers going to implode because Russell Westbrook doesn't want to play off the bench because they trade him, they release him? Is Anthony Davis going to be hurt again? Is he not going to be the superstar max player he was supposed to be? Is Darwin Ham going to replace Frank Vogel and do it well? What's going to happen with these Lakers? 
It's so unbelievable that LeBron James is on a team that their over-under in Vegas for team wins is 43. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. Teams have passed him by. That's a big story. What will happen with the Lakers? They start their season against the Warriors tonight. They get to watch the Warriors get rings. I love it. Warriors are a decent story. Are they going to get to repeat? They're one of the favorites to repeat. This is a huge year for Steph Curry. Do I have the numbers right in my head, Coca? If they win the title, does he catch Jordan? I believe Curry has five rings. Where are you, Coca? Just let me know if I'm right. Because if so, the pressure on Curry and the excitement that the Warriors have of trying to not just defend their title, but to catch the Bulls in terms of championships, that is real. So we're watching that storyline. How many? Oh, he only has four. Not as big a story then. You want to cut that out? Why did I think he had five? Maybe they've they've had, have they been in five finals or more, six finals, but only won four? All right, you can wipe that. They lost, yes, I remember they lost to the Cavs. Who else? Oh, and the Raptors. All right, no problem. No, I'm going to say it a different way. Ready? Here we go. Four, 40, 69. The Warriors are trying to get their fifth ring this year. They definitely would like to catch the Bulls and catch Jordan with six. Curry knows he still has a window, but the competition in the Western Conference is clearly catching up, if not having surpassed them. A lot of good teams in the Western Conference, a lot of good stories. Adam Silver can only hope that the storylines stay on the court versus off the court. We will find out. Okay. Oh, I got to do a correction. Thank you. So the way we do this show is we just go straight through. And sometimes we restart and sometimes I'll make mistakes. But often when I make mistakes, Coca catches them. But there are times that Coca doesn't catch them. I don't catch them. And you do. So David P. Sampson on Twitter, just let me know what I've done wrong. Yesterday I was talking about the Warriors and I told you they played at something called Oracle Arena. Nope. Sorry. They play at Chase Center. You are correct. Thank you for that. All right, Coco, play me some music. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get in Twitter at David P. Samson. Also YouTube. I don't know how we would look at questions on YouTube, but please subscribe. At 10,000 subscribers, we're going to do a giveaway, and it's going to be a piece of memorabilia you're going to be happy with. So nothing personal with David Samson. Get there and please hit subscribe. There's a movie called Half-Baked. If you're not aware of the movie, sorry, get aware of it. There's a character named Samson. Ask me a question. Start with, hello, David, you'll have a good chance. Hello, David. As you think about this NBA season, good question, very topical, good chance of being chosen. Who do you have winning the championship? Ah, you know I make predictions. Wait to seize. So far, your question may make the show. Figured I would fade you Given your MLB preseason picks this year? Hey, go screw yourself. I'm not doing your question on the air. Forget it. Fade me. Do you know that our pick of the day, we're winning money? We've won money for you this year. I'm not even answering that. But you do need to know. Wait to see when I tell you something's going to happen. If it happens, 
I'll revisit it and let you know. If it doesn't happen, I'll revisit it. I was definitely going to do my predictions anyway, but Coca, I'm not going to answer this guy's question. Don't fade me. Warriors over the Bucks. Let me give you my thought process. Even though Chris Middleton's missing a couple weeks, even though the Celtics are a year more experienced and a year better, they've got an issue with their coach, as you know, but an interim coach can still take over the reins and actually lead the team to a very successful year and maybe stay the coach long-term. No doubt about it. I'm still saying Giannis is the best and his supporting cast is good enough. And once you're the best and good enough, that means that if you get lucky enough, you're going to make the finals. In the Western Conference, I'm still going to take experience. I'm still going to take drive and desire. I don't care about the pool Draymond Green situation. I don't care about all the money that they're spending in luxury tax. I still care about Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. If you need to win a game, it is very unlikely that both of them are going to shoot two for 18 in a game seven. One of them maybe, but not both. Warriors over Bucks is my wait to see for my finals pick. And we'll wait and we'll see. NBA starts tonight. Get ready. All right, we're going to keep with the NBA theme when we come back. I watched a documentary called The Redeem Team, which I have to talk to you about. And then we're going to talk a little LCS. We'll be right back. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name's David Sampson. Thank you for rating, reviewing, subscribing, all the things that you do. You're very helpful. You're going to see a different background on YouTube going in studio. We're covering the playoffs for CBS Sports HQ. You want LCS coverage? You want World Series coverage post-game every game? You're going to see this mug right here. Not in this blazer, though. So I watch a movie every day. Why not this blazer, you're asking? Because where I am now, I'm not going to be tomorrow. Therefore, this blazer will, goes back into the rotation and didn't make the trip, didn't make the cut. That's why you're not going to see this blazer the rest of the postseason. The Redeem Team is a documentary on a channel. <laughs> I assume it's on Netflix. And it is a story about the Olympic team in 2008 that had LeBron. It had Kobe Bryant. It had Dwayne Wade. It had Dwight Howard. And this is a team that was trying to make up for the fact that there had been horrific Olympic losses in the past. And they were trying to redeem the Doug Collins USA loss in 1972 in Munich, where there was some weird clock stuff going on that caused the CCCP to win a GAME over the USA. 
I didn't remember any of this story. And I loved the fact that cameras were rolling. It is something that we do not give enough credit to with these documentaries that we're watching, the foresight to tape everything on the thought that one day people may wanna know what happened here. So you've got Mike Krzyzewski as the coach of this team. They show him in meetings. They taped what he said to the players. They have the players talking. They have the practices. They have the games. They have behind the scenes footage. It's incredible. It's an hour and a half where if you like the NBA, you are going to love this documentary. It's not The Last Dance. It's not a COVID documentary. It's not an eight-parter. It's 90 minutes only. And if I'm you, I'm watching it because just to see Kobe Bryant and to hear the story of why he joined the Olympic team and what the circumstances were and the change in his personality and the change in which he was received by fellow NBA players following the 08 Olympics, fascinating. And I didn't remember this story. I was knee deep in baseball at the time, but if I had remembered it, I would have wanted to be reminded. And if I never knew it, I would have wanted it in my brain. It's called the Redeem Team. Check it out. All right, let's go right to the LCS. Believe it or not, we've got the National League Championship Series starting tonight. It's the Philadelphia Phillies against the San Diego Padres. So what's going on today is you've got a game, and remember, the game is in San Diego. So it's a 5 o'clock game. When you've got a 5 o'clock game in the city, it's not 8 o'clock because the players are there. It's a 5 o'clock game. You're generally going to have batting practice for the home team. The general rule is three hours before first pitch. So four o'clock batting practice for a seven o'clock game, two o'clock batting practice for a five o'clock game. So when you've got batting practice at two o'clock, you've got to get to the, to the ballpark. They'll generally demand you to be there for stretch. Call it at one o'clock, stretch at 1.30, BP at two. That's like an afternoon game, which means when they get in, the chef in the kitchen of the home side is making omelets. There may even be donuts. There could be French toast. There could be other such afternoon type food, maybe some burgers. And you're gonna be in the ballpark for lunch and for dinner because the game will end at 8.30. So the post game meal is not gonna be something light. It's gonna be something heavy because it's gonna be time for dinner. So Philly wakes up on the road in San Diego, trying to adjust to California time. They've been there for a couple nights because their series ended on Saturday. They flew Sunday, so they spend Sunday night in San Diego, Monday night in San Diego, so it's their second night. I have no confirmation. I don't like follow the team planes, but if I'm scheduling Philadelphia and I'm running that team, I am flying either after the game Saturday night, but likely I'm going to let the guys go home to their families after clinching and fly out Sunday around 11 and get there around 2 p.m. and then get into the hotel and have the rest of the day off on Sunday, work out Monday, play the game Tuesday. That is a normal, good postseason schedule, which has the Phillies ready to go. The Phillies are lined up perfectly in this round. They get Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, who get to pitch four out of the first six games. Wheeler game one, Nola game two. The Padres are equally lined up and they're starting with you, Darvish. These two teams are extremely evenly matched. Who's got the momentum? Who's got the better lineup? 
Momentum, same. Phillies beat the Braves. Padres beat the Dodgers. Both in their division, both heavily favored. Great, that's equal. Phillies defense, beleaguered all year. They brought in Schwarber. They brought in Castellanos. They have reckless indifference toward their defense. Their best outfielder, Bryce Harper, can't throw a ball. He's their DH. They've got the best catcher in the game. That helps. It certainly helps your defense up the middle. But their defense is well below par. The Padres' defense is well above average. Their third baseman start with their best player, Manny Machado. His defense at third base is probably second to Nolan Arenado in all of baseball. So defense, advantage, Padres. Does that turn a series? Nah. How about lineup? Who are you scared of more on offense? You scared of facing Will Myers? How about Machado? How about Juan Soto? Big name in the two-hole. Josh Bell? Nah, not so much. Phillies. Harper? Real Muto? Hoskins? Schwarber leading off? Their lineup is way better than the Padres. Advantage, Phillies. Pitching, hitting, not defense. Two out of three ain't bad, Meatloaf. If you want to be a big favorite in a series, you have the advantage in pitching, hitting, and defense. Pitching advantage means both starting pitching and bullpen. The Philadelphia Phillies bullpen, they're hot now, but they're fine. The Padres bullpen, hotter and better. Advantage, Josh Hader and the San Diego Padres. So we've got defense and bullpen for the Padres. You've got offense and starting pitching for the Phillies. You have home field advantage for the Padres. What does it all mean? I put it into my little simulation. I played this series out 10,000 times. And 8,426 times out of 9,969 simulations, this series went seven games. And out of those seven game series for those 8,600 times, 7,669 times the Phillies beat the Padres on the road in game seven. So that's what I'm choosing. (laughs) Phillies over Padres in seven. The second LCS will do tomorrow, Coca, because I don't know who's playing in it. I mean, I think the Astros, how about this as a little pre-ALCS, which opens tomorrow? Astros in six at most over anybody. But let's get there first. All right, nothing personal pick of the day. What happened here? Chargers four and a half over the Broncos. You know, why doesn't the NFL flex games? Do you know what the answer is to that? People were asking me that on Twitter yesterday, Coca. They were asking me why there was uh, the Broncos are playing twice They played, I think, Thursday, October 6th, and then again, Monday, October 17th. That's twice in 11 days they're on prime time. The Denver Broncos are a mediocre team with a quarterback who's an overpaid, mediocre, erstwhile great quarterback. The NFL is despondent. That's a callback to the word of the day from yesterday or a couple days ago despondent having the Broncos on national TV so much. The reason why during the offseason they were scheduled so much is there was this misplaced excitement that having a new owner in Rob Walton and a new quarterback in Russell Wilson, that they were going to be an interesting team. In fact, they're not interesting. In fact, the rest of the country looks at them and says, yawn, I can't believe I have to watch this. Except everybody watches it. 
The NFL doesn't need flex games because that's not part of the contracts early on in the season with either ESPN or NBC. Flex games come later, and that's flexed with teams who would not normally be national televised teams who are in a playoff race or have a surprise during the course of the season or have an interesting storyline or the game becomes that much more important, those games get flexed. You cannot allow, the Players Association does not like flexed games because it screws up players. It changes their weeks. Coaches don't like flex games. They don't even like switching from a one o'clock game to an eight o'clock game. They are such creatures of habit and routine in terms of how they prepare that they don't like it. We say to our coaches, hey, we'll tell you when the game is, just be ready. But early in the season, the broadcasters don't pay for that right. The NFL doesn't give that right. And so therefore you get stuck some years when you have thought a team was going to be good and they're not, or you thought a team was going to be bad and they're not. Either way, you've got the wrong teams playing in prime time. But the NFL is crap proof. We've shown how they are crap proof with all the off the field stuff that doesn't matter to you. You get enraged with all their off-field issues, but you still watch the games, you still bet on the games, you still play fantasy football. And at the end of the day, you subjugate your own moral compass and you say, hey, I'd rather watch football. I get it, but that's counted on by the NFL. Keep that in mind when you're upset about punishments or lack of punishments. They count on the fact that you're gonna behave the exact way that you always behave. Chargers four and a half over Broncos was a loser. I didn't think the Chargers were that bad. I was thinking about that overtime with all the three and outs, laughing with Coke on the phone, saying, why don't they just cancel the game? Or Coca may have tweeted, why don't they end the game? First team to get a first down. Just declare them the winner. I think that game should have ended in a tie. And but for a muffed punt, I love that the NFL calls it that. A muffed punt. Have you ever tried to catch a punt? I have. Uh, one, of the, one of the advantages of playing in pro player stadium is late in the season, the stadium was set up for football, even though the Marlins were still playing baseball. Remember when the Dolphins had to play on dirt? So one time, Larry Beinfest and Mike Kill and I went and did field goals on the Dolphins' turf and tried to hit field goals. I think Larry hit a 31-yarder, which was amazing. I couldn't hit like a 20-yarder. You think it's so close and so easy when you're on the field trying to kick a ball from a someone holding it. It is virtually impossible to get it a far distance. Well, at least it was for me. And the other thing we did is we would kick the ball up in the air like punting and try to catch it. And we're not professional punters. It's even hard to do that. Catching a ball. Now, you say you're a professional, you should catch it. It's the same thing to catching fly balls in baseball. It is way harder than these professional players make it look. When we have people go out during the All-Star game, every year they have kids go out and shag during the All-Star game, more forms have to be signed because we can't believe that more kids don't get doinked. Catching a fly ball, we tell the kids during the All-Star game, don't get near the ball. Please, you're not going to read the spin. You're not going to be able to catch it. And boy, does it come fast. It's hard enough for fans to catch home run balls. And we criticize fans when they miss them. And they have gloves only part of the time. Anyway, I don't really know why we're talking about that. What were we even mentioning? 
Oh, field goals. Oh, first downs. Chargers, Broncos. What a crap game. We're 119 and 94. All right, I had the Guardians over the Yankees last night. No bet. It's off the board, and I'm not picking. I'm not choosing in the baseball game. I take the pick seriously when I give them to you, and if I don't have a understanding or feeling about the game, I still think the Guardians' bullpen is better. I think that Cortez on short rest is not ideal. I think Bieber on short rest is better, but he hasn't even been announced. I think the, M- the MLB, I think MLB wants it. We'll see if they get it. But either way, I'm not choosing the game. What I am going to choose is the National League Championship Series. And I'm taking the Phillies with a road victory in game one. And this is not personal. I gave A.J. Preller all sorts of credit. I said that what the Padres have done beating the Dodgers is spectacular. The way the team has come together, great. Very happy for them. First LCS game at home and God knows how long. I'm in. You Darvish has been an interesting pickup for the Padres to say the least. But the way Wheeler and Nola have been pitching, there is a huge advantage. When you've got Nola going in game two for the Padres, today is a must-win game. But I think this series is going to be upside down. I think that there are going to be games won and lost when we least expect it. I do not think that Nola will go undefeated in this round and go scoreless against the Padres. I do think the Phillies will get the split We're going to start by taking the Phillies tonight. Phillies over the Padres, game one. I'll see you when I'm on CBS Sports HQ after the game. All right, that's our show. I mean, we could talk. We could talk more, Coke. I've got so many other things to talk about. Do you want to get into the Tennessee Titans? Happy to do it. Can we get into Tom Brady by chance? Can we talk about the fact that Todd Bowles actually has to go public about the Patriot, the Patriots, come on, Coca, 469. Do we have to go public with the fact that the Buccaneers are not winning games and Todd Bowles, their coach, has to come out and defend Tom Brady saying, hey, him going to Robert Kraft's wedding. Hey, him not working on Wednesdays. Hey, none of that is the reason we're losing. It is such a horrible situation in Tampa. Their team is so bad. I do not recall a situation where a coach has come out and said what he said yesterday, saying in the affirmative that Tom Brady is not getting special treatment. It's so bizarre to me. Why why say anything? If you're asked a question during your media availability you don't want to answer, you bridge to a different answer. You don't have to answer the question a media person gives you. It's called bridging. You say what you want to say. Instead, Todd Bowles was trying to normalize. Todd Bowles was trying to normalize Tom Brady's behavior by saying, oh, we missed a bunch of meetings. Oh, we missed a walkthrough. No problem. Other players do too, but you don't realize. Totally selling out. Trying to pretend that what they do with Tom Brady is not special treatment. My advice to Todd Bowles would have been to say nothing at all. It's completely embarrassing. Well, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, they're in trouble, folks. This is it for Tom Brady, but he's still the GOAT. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. And please watch both games. You got so many games. You got NBA, you have Major League Baseball, you have NHL. It's a big sports day. For me, it's just another Tuesday. It's just business. This has been nothing personal. Thank you. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.